Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, we're going on a vishing expedition. What is vishing? What is pahishing? Who are all those evil goons out there trying to scam me and steal our identities? And does the word paranoia mean anything anymore in a digital age where everyone is out to get you? And by the way, you nobodies, why are you listening in on me? Who sent you? What do you want? Cybersecurity professional Joe Newman is here to drop knowledge and talk us down. Or maybe he's in on it too. Eek! Plus, break out your granny glasses. It's the return of our Department of Fine Print. Void where prohibited. Some side effects may occur. Call your doctor if you experience an erection lasting more than four hours, especially if you don't have a penis. I'm Adam Felber, the man who tries to keep our show securely locked down, free from the corrupting influence of conversational spam and rhetorical malware. And now, please welcome a woman who is basically a human rickroll, and she really is never going to give you up, even if you ask her to. It's Paula Poundstone. Yay! Hey, you guys! Yay on behalf of Tony! Hey, Adam, hey, Bonnie. Tony is... Uh, not feeling well, and so she's not with us. Tony Anita Hall, hope she gets better quick. Uh, and by the way, thanks to tonight's house band, returning champ and nobody, Kathleen Strom on the violin. Sounds great, Kathleen. Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, Kathleen. Yeah, welcome back, Kathleen. We really do appreciate this. You know, music is so important. I was working the other day, and I started singing a song from Oliver and a friend of mine put the song on her, uh, you know, music playing thing. And it was so uplifting. You know, the one who will buy this wonderful feeling, you know, that one. And I got thinking about it and I thought, you know, I, okay, I'm going to lay a bet that there's at least three people among our listeners that played the starring role in Oliver in their high school or junior high uh, uh, or children's theater production of Oliver. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be great if they sent us a tape of them now singing Who Will Buy? And maybe they don't have to, you don't have to sing the whole thing, you guys. You could just do like a part of it and send it in. And if for any reason you happen to have a tape of your performance when you were a kid, that would be great to have a little bit of both. Ooh, that's a good idea. It's so uplifting. This is a very, very specific request, Paula. 
you're you're betting on and and we do we do have tens of thousands of listeners literally but i got to say the odds that any one of them was Oliver in Oliver that uh, yeah, th- those feel like kind of long odds to me no i think there's going to be 3 uh what do you want to bet ah uh, i will i will bet you a million dollars um no 2 million dollars that there's uh there's less than three are gonna are gonna come in. Okay, you know what? If you're gonna what? bet two million dollars, then I'll just goddamn yeah. cheat. I will just I'll just <laughs> that's a well, mistake. I'm not gonna right pay there. It. You know, these are difficult, <laughs> difficult times, and I am not about right. cheating for two million dollars. Let me just lay that out there right now. Well, I am just about one point nine nine million dollars short at the moment, but you know, once I win this bet, I'm going to be in the money. Well, okay. Here's maybe a better thing that you could wager. Okay. I just started my, um, well, really, Wendell did most of the work, but um, we just started our vermicompost that I'm going to sell uh, worm castings. Remember we had that great guest on that told us about, um, I think it's Rhonda Sherman, who told us about yeah. uh, vermicomposting, which is uh, raising worms uh, on food scraps. And uh, I'm planning on making that $2 million, honestly, by selling uh, worm castings. Um, but you could bet me a couple of nice, juicy Red Wriggler worms. Maybe that is more. That's fair. Okay. Well, yeah, because that will get you to your two million. Let's do that. Exactly. So um, you're saying that it, that at least three of our listeners are going are gonna to come and uh, are going to submit them singing Who Will Buy from Oliver and are honestly reporting that they were Oliver in it. Yeah. Because we don't want, I want to be really clear with our listeners. If you weren't Oliver in Oliver in school, uh, then we don't want to hear your rendition of Who Will Buy. Or children's production. I would accept like a, you know, like a, because we have like children's theater here in Santa Monica that's not related to the school. I would accept that. Okay. Uh, no Fagans, no Nancys, no Bills, no um, Artful Dodgers. <laughs> okay. I know they're all out there, but um, just... Oliver's and uh, just the song uh, who will buy I'm telling you it is so uplifting well if you if you're out there and you were Oliver and you want to be part of this and you want to see Paula get two million dollars worth of worms um, warble a couple of bars it doesn't have to be a lot of who will buy into your phone or another recording device and and email it to us at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com and oh boy that'll be fun we might even play it on the show oh we definitely will you know what Paula speaking of contests um, we told everyone we were going to announce the winner of the longest cat competition uh, this week the person who's going to win uh, a zoom party with me and you and 50 of their closest friends but we've decided that since Tony Anita Hull um, is not here, we're going to put off announcing the winner of the contest uh, until next week so Tony can draw it from the hat and, and, and announce. Oh, that's good, because she should be with us at such an important time. Oh, absolutely. And by the way, you don't have to have 50 friends. It's up to 50 friends. So if you don't, you don't feel like, oh, I don't know 50 people, and so I couldn't participate. The last one, uh, which I believe took place mostly in the Portland area, was really, really fun. So it was fun. I'm looking forward to it, too. Yeah. yeah. In fact, for a brief while, I moved in with that woman. Do you remember that? Yes. Yes. That was kind of weird, because she was not happy about you podcasting from <laughs> her treadmill in, yeah. in her living room. Yeah. Boy, is she lucky I moved out, because um, this vermicomposting, you know, can 
can get a little smelly. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, you. You would make the worst roommate ever. Yeah. We now put, that you've added uh, two vermicomposting to your to your other things. Yeah. We, we tumbled two pounds of worms into the prepared container yesterday, and they came in a bag of uh, steer manure. Oh my and, god! Uh, so. Yeah, so she's really lucky I moved out. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Um, Because it's time to move things on, I think we're going to go to the book club, shall we? Oh, let's do it. I am calling this meeting of the uh, Paula Poundstone Book Club to order. It's the Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone Book Club. Um, And sorry, I was already out of order. No, no, you have the floor. Old business. Uh, Last week, we had... had, Now, you know what? Let's go straight to new business. What do you got, Paula? Well, I'll tell you, I just have a sneaking suspicion that Tony is out because she's because she's doing her Moby Dick reading now. I have no way of proving that. And, you know, she's a lovely person, but I just have a feeling that, you know. She's faking it so that she can get in her reading. Um, So we read uh, chapters 86 through 95. And uh, for those that are reading along with us, I'll tell you this, or for those who are going to catch up, it might have been chapter 85 or around there somewhere. Ishmael discusses at length why Jonah and the whale could or could not have been true. You can skip that chapter, I think. Um, You can also skip the next chapter because he gives a long description of the whale spout and how a whale breathes, which, by the way, is not through its mouth. But I don't think a lot of the science in what he's saying is up to date, so you don't have to read that. It isn't. Then we're back to the story, though. You want to join in for this part. The Pequot is among some islands— They are chasing a bunch of whales, and they get chased by some pirates. Then they uh, find a spot that has a bunch of baby whales and mothers. They even pet some of them. Uh, I think they strike at some whales and lose them. Then Stubb finds whales that he thinks are their lost whales on a French ship. They're They're fastened to the side of the French ship. He tricks them into giving up their whales. And the whales contain some stuff called ambergris that's used in perfumes and is very valuable. And Pip, the little black boy on the Pequod, he has to go out on the on one of the whaling boats, and he's on Stubb's boat. And by the way, Stubb's uh, Stubb is just obnoxious. Uh, he falls out of the boat. He gets scared actually and leaps out of the boat. And they pretend they're not going to pick him up. And he's traumatized. And that, I think, is where we left off. Uh, there's, uh, By the way, I recognize that there is a tremendous amount of symbolism in these chapters. It's, it's a struggle between man's inner soul and the top tier of the makeup industry. And you can see that if you're reading carefully. Also, uh, and a lot of people miss this, the harpoons are uh, like Matthew McConaughey's uh, Lincoln commercials. In what way? They're painful. <laughs> yeah, I think you. I think you. Uh, you left off there before we got to chapter ninety-five, Paula. Because there's. Oh, damn um, it! Did I? Yeah, you did. There's a whole chapter of like gutting and goring the whales, and Ishmael's really loving reaching into all that spermaceti and squeezing it, and he just gets all rhapsodizing about that for a while. Did it? kind of suggest that it was like an aphrodisiac of some sort? Yeah, he kind of lost his mind a little bit. And then there's the chapter, speaking of aphrodisiac, where uh, we're in the blubber room, and uh, one of the guys in the blubber room who has to do some of the carving 
um, skins a whale's penis and wears it as a cloak. Oh God! You know he cuts a little sleeves in it, and um, to as I guess as protection from uh, accidentally stepping on stuff or, or cutting himself, and he wears it. And uh, Ishmael likens it to looking like some kind of like you know heretical pope. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, so there you are. For those who are either cheating and not reading, we've caught you up. For those who are reading, uh, we've still caught you up, and. Uh, at this point, you know, there's been a lot of mutiny within the uh, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone book club. A lot of people saying they're not going to read. <laughs> and I got thinking about it while I was walking the dog today. And I thought, you know, thank God they're not part of my rock climbing club uh, <laughs> or my backpacking club. You know, we would just be part way up. I'd turn around and they're gone. <laughs> we just don't want a backpack. It's a backpacking club. We just don't want to. Well, you know what? I'm not going to belay you after all. Paula. Paula, up there on the cliff. Yeah, I'm letting go of the ropes. I just don't feel like it. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Well, given that, let's let you know, I, th I think there are a lot of betrayals <laughs> happening here. Uh, let's move it along. Let's uh, speaking of betrayals. Uh, I, I get where you're going. to. Let, let's go to Bonnie Burns up in. Uh, we haven't even introduced her yet. Captain Crinkle, your manager, our friend and our producer, Bonnie, um, you're being accused of betrayal. Well, in some ways I am. <laughs> but. Here I am at the book club, and I think I said before that I have stopped reading, but I would be coming to the book club even if we weren't isolated in our houses because I enjoy being around my friends. I wouldn't necessarily be listening <laughs> to what you're saying. I might be on my computer, but I would be soaking up the ambiance. I was having yeah. a pretty good time listening to what Paula was saying until Adam got to all the like really specific descriptions, especially the yeah. guy cutting off the penis and wearing it around. It was really awful. Let me just say the whale was already dead. Okay. It doesn't matter. Uh -huh. okay. And I think, you know, Adam mentioned before that, you know, at a certain point you, you feel like that, okay, Melville's a really good writer. He's very good at description, but I started feeling like, okay, you're showing off. I get it. I know. It's beautiful yeah. Do you writing. remember when she would get on and opine about how beautiful a writer he was? And now yes. it's just, now her entire yeah. summary is just, ew. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> it's both a classic and overwritten. How about that? Yeah. It's an overwritten classic. I'll say that's absolutely true. And as Paula was saying at the beginning of this mighty voyage we uh, embarked on, like, he just, he... Could use an editor. Yeah. No, he had his editor was his dad. <laughs> yeah. Um, here, let me weigh in. And I have a confession to make. And I think I, I, I told you guys this. I have been um, for the last couple of weeks uh, occasionally dipping into the chapters when I when I, but also uh, browsing the summary at Sparknotes and other places oh because I'm just God. disgusted by the book at this point. I'm so tired of um, the relentless gore. And I know, Paula, last week you were saying, uh, well, it's, it's, it's about a whaling voyage. You knew they were fighting a whale. But yeah, at the same time, you know, ha has anybody read um, Old Yeller? Yeah. 
Yeah, now almost everybody goes into Old Yeller, know, unless you're a kid, knowing how it ends. And it's still beautiful and it's worth reading. However, if I was reading Old Yeller and all of a sudden there were about 60 to 70 chapters of the kid working up the nerve to do what he has to do at the end by just going around the neighborhood and shooting every dog he sees and wearing its penises and stuff, I'd have a right to complain. <laughs> okay, it's not the, that's, it's not that's the how same I see Moby Dick at all. But you know what? My daughter Ellie would never watch the movie Old Yeller. Um, but I read the book to them when they were little, and um, I don't uh-huh. know that they were particularly moved by it. But I could, I could barely get the words out. I was like crying and crying, like choking back tears, trying to trying to read Old Yeller. And and I think my girls it was before Thomas was even born. I think, but I think the girls were just like, oh geez, <laughs> you know, they had no empathy. They were just like, oh, this is a little awkward. Mom's crying over the Old Yeller book again. Uh, yeah, we were better off with Ramona the Pest. Um, yeah. All right, well, there we are, up to chapter 95, fellas. Yeah, and, and, and you know, of course, Tony's not reading, and I want to point out that, like... No, she's uh, reading it now. Uh, she's home reading very, it now. She's catching up. That's what she's doing. There's also the existential debate of, you know, if you're listening to a book, are you reading it? You know, Adam, sometimes you've asked what? if we could do the podcast, um, if we could all be on Zoom so that we could see one another. And I've refused. <laughs> yes. I've repeatedly refused. Right. I'm going to guess right now that you are wearing uh, a whale's penis with uh, holes <laughs> uh, cut out for your arms. What? <laughs> Why are you guessing that? I don't know. It just seems like something you would do. Well, no, I, I, I guess my, my point about that was that like, when it comes to the chapter with the whale's penis, I would say if you were listening to it, you wouldn't know what that chapter was about. And I, I was actually going to ask that question to you really? guys. What do you mean? Because you, you guys have listened to it and not read it. Yeah. You, I don't I think, think you would know. He never says. Were you looking at pictures? He, no, I knew what it was. I mean, he never uses any word for penis. Okay, but why? I had to look up what he was talking about. You wouldn't notice that when you're reading the book any more than you would listening? That's absurd. Well, I was like, I, I was confused. I, I, I So I, you know, I had to, you know, <laughs> kind of like look up on the internet what's going on here in this chapter mm-hmm. so you, you had to so you had to get an illustrated version and then you realized that um it was the same outfit you had on and that's when you went oh there was a penis <laughs> Well, he doesn't say penis he doesn't say dork he says cylindrical i think the closest he gets to saying it is cylindrical object yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, with, with that, I, I want to compliment all of us for not getting censured this, this yeah. week. Yeah. Oh. No, we were very orderly. Very orderly. And so with that, I will call this week's meeting of the Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone book club that doesn't the do- <laughs> that isn't really that read, doesn't the read the book. To a That's close. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, Paula, what do you got for us vocabulary-wise this ooh, week? Ooh, Adam, I have a word. It's prescribe. It's a verb that means officially forbid something. Here, I'll use it in a sentence. I have tried unsuccessfully to prescribe Googling during our show. Let's put this word gem right into our vocabulary song. (laughs) 
this week's word is prescribe. It's a verb that means officially forbid something. No more plastic packaging. Last week's word was preponderance. It's a noun that means the quality or fact of being greater in number, quantity, or importance. You can't have too many people named Hortense. The week before <laughs> that, the word was pernicious. Pernicious, pernicious. It's an adjective that means having a harmful effect, especially in a gradual or subtle way. I've been staring at Twitter all day. Going back before that, the word was glucksmerz. <laughs> glucksmerz. It's a noun that means being displeased by an event presumed to be desirable for someone else. How wonderful you received another trophy for your shelf. And not long ago, we had invey, invey, invey. It's a verb that means speak or write about someone with great hostility. Sports fans do this when a player doesn't show agility. Let's never forget Gallimaufry, which I pronounced wrong until James Heider corrected me. It's a noun that means confused jumbler medley of things. Hodgepodge, who's podge, hodgepodge. Adam doesn't think my song is replicable 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 but i do i do i do i do i do yeah paula <laughs> paula that was uh that was quite a rendition paula woo. uh woo. Woo. you left it all on the floor there i did it's all over the floor it's all over the floor with the I feel, spermaceti. I think at the end of the next vocabulary song, you should totally pull a James Brown where where uh, Wendell runs out and, you know, uh, covers you with a cape and walks you off stage limping. And then you go running back out on stage and play that Glock riff again. Oh, man, that's a good idea. Uh, we'll have to do that when we're on when, when we're on Zoom. <laughs> and I'm wearing the vest made of a whale penis. Yeah. <laughs> hey, fun piece of whale trivia. Do you know what a whale penis is called? No. A dork. No, I didn't know that. Oh. Huh. <laughs> there you go. That's a fun fact. It's a free extra fun fact. Coming up, W.C. Fields once said, it's morally wrong to allow a sucker to keep his money. Well, I'm not going to fall for any scams, even if I have to pay some shady dude millions to protect me. Take that. We'll talk cybersecurity next on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Yes. One in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list. And the sixth one has start a podcast. If that's you, <laughs> make 2024 the year you finally checked learn a language off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. Don't do it. Or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Ugh. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. And Paula, I got to say, I really appreciate the whole like getting phrases that are important to know in that language right away, like how to order food, how to ask for directions, how to speak to merchants. And yeah. I really yeah. dig more than that, the speech recognition technology, because even if some of our listeners think that I have a weird cadence when I am attempting to speak Spanish, <laughs> I, am, I am speaking it well enough for the Babbel app to understand what I'm saying, at least when I do it right, like this. Listen to this. Adios, Carlos. Ya te vas. Si, es tarde. 
Entonces, buenas noches. Hasta pronto. I don't think you have a weird cadence. I think it sounds great. Thank you. Studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Yikes. And their football team is fantastic. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, plus all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Is this some kind of special? Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription. Wow. But only for our listeners at babbel.com slash nobody. If I'm not mistaken, Paula, that is 55% off at babbel.com slash nobody. The one spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. And then you just add a slash and the word nobody. And it's 55% off? Yeah. Wow. Rules and restrictions may apply. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Adios. Hey, everybody. As longtime listeners know, when Helix Mattresses first started sponsoring our show, Bonnie Burns somehow got the drop on me and made off with the first mattress. But in the intervening years, I have gotten myself a Helix mattress. I've had it for almost a year now, and it has improved my sleep. It has improved my life. I could not be happier. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, which I have, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, which is a mattress designed just for big and tall sleepers, and they even have mattresses made just for kids. Now, if you're like me and you were a little nervous about trying it online, or like Paula, who was screaming in fear of buying a mattress online, don't be. The Helix Sleep Quiz takes into account your individual sleep preference to match you and your partner with the perfect mattress. I took the quiz and I ended up with the great mattress for a side sleeper, the Helix Midnight Lux. Take my word for it, everybody. The Helix Midnight Lux. Oh, don't want to take Adam's word for it. I don't blame you. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and... Two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula and use the code helixpartner20. This is their best offer yet and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Paula. Paula, I invited you over, but you fell asleep. Helixsleep.com slash Paula. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey guys, it's Adam, and tonight is January 3rd, and I am picking Giannis Antetokounmpo to score less than 36 points, and James Harden to score more than 16. Why? Because I like beards. Am I putting a lot of money on this? I am not, because I'm not really a gambler, but I am having a lot of fun with Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, who I would lose to, you pick more or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in, or in my case, not. So I don't bet a lot. 
With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey had a 10.5 combo of three points made, plus receptions. Do I get that? Kind of a little bit. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. So, it's like an insurance policy. Go to prizepicks.com nobody and use code nobody for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's prizepicks.com nobody and use code nobody for a first deposit match of up to $100. And then drop by and see how I did with the Greek freak and Harden again on January 3rd. My hopes are not that high. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. On this day in unremarkable history, Jane Austen said, Don't tell anybody, but sometimes I get pride and prejudice and sense and sensibility mixed up. It's vexing. <laughs> Thank you, house band Kathleen Strom. We're back, Paula. Um, you and I have something in common in that we're both getting a lot of unusual and unsolicited calls lately. Uh, for me, uh, because I recently changed carriers, I, I. There's one now. Yeah, there's there literally was one now. Um, a lot of calls I'm getting are actually being identified by my carrier as Mister Scam Likely calling me. <laughs> and and I, I am proud to say that Mr. Likely and I are are in business together and and, and, and my next check is going to be very big when it arrives. You know, I used to only get scam calls on my on my landline and now they're calling on my cell. I have no idea like you know, how it made that leap. Well, we are fortunate to have an expert on all that stuff here today. He's a cyber executive advisor at Coal Fire Cybersecurity. He's a decorated U.S. Army veteran and cyber operator with over 20 years of experience, serving in over three wars where he supported numerous military operations and organizations such as U.S. Cyber Command, NSA, and other intelligence communities. Wow, that's quite a resume. Please welcome Joe Newman. Yay! Yeah. Um, thank, thank you, Adam. Uh, Joe, thank Welcome, you so Joe. much for being here. So I have gotten several calls from an authoritative sounding robot that says law enforcement department F has a warrant out for my arrest. Should I get a lawyer? Uh, of course not. And I'm sure along with that, you got the free cruises. The IRS is after oh, you. Oh, I've got the IRS um, one. And just... Yeah, yeah, and yeah. a myriad, or or the latest is kind of Amazon lost your credit card, so can you please give them your new credit card number? Um, those are those are kind of like what's what's spiking currently. Uh, wow. My guess is you've had all of those. And if I just answer the phone, right? I don't call the number they say to call. I mean, my voicemail generally cuts off the number they say to call, anyways. But if I just just plain answer it, does that get me in deeper? Yeah, so that, that's a great question, Paula. So if you can possibly. Don't answer, right? If it's Mr. Spam and, you know, Google and those other services are saying spam likely, don't pick up. Um, what picking up does is give them a confirmation that there's a live number there. 
Uh-huh. And what they'll do is is they'll go sell that to their buddies or other organizations or, you know, that ruse might not have worked with, you know, we're going to come arrest you, Paula. But, you know, will the Amazon one work or will, you know, the free cruise one work next time? So basically not letting the attackers know that there's a live person uh, behind that number tends to give, you know, get them to where they're not going to look at your number again. Interesting. And can they be stopped? I mean, is there any end in sight for this stuff? It's it's a very difficult situation. You know, the Internet was made to be very free and open ideas moving back and forth and data moving back and forth. So kind of the concept of stopping free thought now that all phones and everything cross the Internet um, you know, and these most likely, you know, all these attacks, uh, you know, usually originate from overseas. Um, it's going to take, you know, one serious legislation and two serious po- uh, politics, uh, along with diplomacy to actually work with these other governing, you know, governments and such to stop this behavior from happening. Um, because at the end of the day, we can't block everything because then nobody's talking. Is there anyone trying to stop it? I mean, is there some sort of Department, like like Department F, who really have, have it in for me, by the way. Is there some organization in our government that's trying to stop this? So if you look at the FTC and the FCC, you know, they, they made a they made a good, you know, attempt at this, um, you know, about 10 years or so ago with that national do not call registry. Um, unfortunately, right. that registry, yep. that registry kind of got turned on its head. Um, because, you know, <laughs> the, the same way that, you know, legitimate companies like, you know, AT&T or Verizon, you know, subscribe to that list to say, hey, this is who we, we can't go and solicit stuff to. Um, mm-hmm. The attackers do the exact same thing. They go subscribe to the list. But now they have a list of known good numbers. <laughs> oh. You know, it, it, it was a good first attempt. Um, I, I'm not surprised. You know, most legislations that have to do with technology and such. They're not really thought out by the, the, the most technologically savvy individuals. Yeah. So they tend to fall short uh, significantly. And additionally, you know, that's 10 year old legislation. Um, I think everybody here can kind of say, hey, well, technology in the past 10 years, um, you know, like your cell phone, that has changed dramatically in just a short amount of time. So, um, you know, we're, we're expecting legislation and the government to keep pace. Um, with technology and and you're you're feeling the effects of what happens when it lags behind significantly. Yeah. Well, you know what I fell for too was um, on my fax machine, and yes, I still have a fax machine. On my fax machine, um, I would get these faxes <laughs> that it was you know were advertisements, and then at the bottom there would be a thing that says um, if you call this number, if you want to be taken off this list. Yeah. And so I, I did call the number and it doesn't do anything at all. I think what it does is just what you're saying. It tells them there's a person here that's that's looking at this, that's getting these things. Um, so I think it just increases it. It's like cutting off the head of a two headed thing where it just grows more. It's, it's like jumping into an urban alley at night, you know, in, in a sketchy neighborhood and say and saying, I am not interested in anybody coming to take my giant wad of money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, that, that's a great analogy. Right. So. You know, I always say, you know, the Internet is a gigantic, you know, open, open pit. There is no bad neighborhood that you can avoid. Right. Right. The bad neighborhoods are everywhere. Roaming thieves move up and down the Internet freely. Um, so just because of that free flow of movement and that type of stuff really allows the bad person to come right to your doorstep. No question. Um, and, you know, right. there are no 
you know, cyber police that can roam everywhere. Um, you know, it, it, cyber goes across, you know, different countries with different laws. It changes um, based upon IP address or, or where you're specifically sitting. So it's a very but, fast, dynamic moving item. So are there any cyber police? I mean, the truth is, like, we all laugh about the IRS thing. We've all gotten that IRS thing. And yet nobody has been able to stop them. So you like look out lately in the past few weeks. You know, Department of Justice is trying to spin up some things that try to chase down some of these, you know, bad malicious actors, not specifically the people that are phoning you, um, because, you know, it, it is it is very, you know, damaging. They say they estimated approximately two billion dollars worth of of U.S. equity. Wow. It, it is poached. Um, and that's and that's money that's never coming back. Um, wow. And, and, wow. You know, just depending on 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 how much, you know, griping people do and how much it starts affecting, you know, the bottom dollar is is when you'll start seeing probably more things happen. I mean, DOJ is looking at ransomware um, as of this week or so. They're building up a joint task force. What is ransomware? So ransomware. So, you know, that that's a that's a whole segment in itself, Paula. Um, you know, if you go look in the news, usually, you know, ransomware is the new the new hotbed where adversaries actually send malicious um, code or, or malicious application to a company. You could download it or, or misclick something on the Internet. And what mm-hmm. it does is it, it actually locks up your entire computer and it displays a message saying, pay me this money. Wow. You see it hitting healthcare companies. It hits everybody. People pay ransom just, you know. It's like the they old, will pay it, right? They will pay it. And, and you know, I, I applaud companies that don't pay it and say, go away. Um, because from as soon as you start paying it out, that just encourages the bad behavior. Right. But can they get their data back if they if they don't pay the ransom or is it just they have to start all over again? So they use encryption and usually sometimes it's extremely heavy and it's pretty much gone at them um, at that oh, point. That's why fuck. when you hear that's where you hear like do backups and, you know, back up the different areas. That's, <laughs> yep. that's one of the reasons where it's like, have a good backup program. Wow. If I get hit, there's no telling how many cat videos are irreplaceable. Um, look, <laughs> uh, so I have an assistant, Wendell, and he's very good at computer stuff. And every now and then we work side by side. And every now and then I'll be on my computer and I'll, and I'll sort of make a, make a, a, a hemming sound of some sort. Or like say like, you know, I wonder what this is. And he jumps up from his chair and he yells, don't touch it. And he dismantles it like he's on a bomb squad. And a lot of times it turns out it was something I I shouldn't click on. But what if Wendell isn't around? Are there rules of thumb about how to identify this kind of stuff where, you know, you you click on it and and everything comes apart? Or how to identify uh, even the phone call stuff? Yeah, so so both those type of concepts, you know, the phone, what we call vishing um, and malware and that type of stuff that come in, there's a really good rule of thumb, which is don't open things. Don't answer things from people you don't know. If you can, if they're not in your phone book, let them leave a message and you go to voicemail, right? You know, call them back or, or, or reach back out. Like, you know, specifically like the, the vision, you know, Amazon calls you, says they watched the credit card. That's great. Voicemail can answer that one. Mm-hmm. You can go, you can then go on amazon.com, look up their, you know, their phone number and you call Amazon because that's a known number that you call the same way with the IRS, you know, go look up their number and you make contact with them. Don't let them make contact with you. 
the, the same, you know, kind of proposition we've been told as a kid, like you don't take candy from strangers. Like, why are we listening and opening emails up from strangers? Honestly, right. candy could still work on me. I love candy. Um, the Amazon thing doesn't work on me because I have Jeff Bezos's phone number. And if there's any problem, you know, he will just call me directly. Right. Jeff and I, uh, you know, we're very close. <laughs> not, not all of us are that fortunate, Paula. So. <laughs> you know, uh, Abraham Lincoln once famously said, you can fool some of the people all of the time and all of the people some of the time. And, and then I stopped listening because I got an email from a Nigerian prince who was going to make me rich. Paula will have more with Joe Newman and I'll be out on my yacht when we come back. See ya, suckers. The cat of the week is Butters from Frisco, Texas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. And we're back with Joe Newman. Joe, this is really fun. Um, how do I know if I'm being if I'm talking to a bot? Yeah, so, you know, as you know, you kind of hear the catchphrases, you know, AI and machine learning you know, bots have, have gotten a little more sophisticated, right? Oh, so that one, right. you know, the one that the lady's always chuckling and she says, um, oh, it's harder to get you on the phone than it is to get my kid to clean their room. Have you had that one? <laughs> oh, my God. I've had it multiple times. Are you kidding? Paul, no. Paul, have you had the have you had the advanced one where they actually ask you questions to respond yes and no to or other type of responses because those are the more advanced ones yes because what they're trying to do is record your voice oh. and they'll go repl- they'll go replay it back to a bank and try to open accounts up with your oh bank, i didn't know uh, that with your voice recognition yeah that, that, that one that one's floating around i, I only wow. knew about the robot voices because of wait wait don't tell me they played it one time when i was on they they played one of them and um so the first time I thought that's what it was, I said, you sound like a computer. And the thing went, ha, 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 no, I'm a real person. And then the next thing I wow. just say is, well, you can go fuck yourself. And so um, <laughs> if my bank calls upset with me, then I'll know they used that. <laughs> I'm, I'm boggled because I've never heard any of these, these fake people on, on a vishing thing because I, I just never pick up the phone unless it's from somebody I know. Oh, I don't. Yeah, no, I've talked to any number of computers. You have to keep in mind, um, I live alone. And so <laughs> sometimes just out of sheer loneliness, I tell the computer, you know, the computer voice uh, where it can reach me at another time. I just say, can you call later? 
Um, yeah, no, that is so depressing. So if you talk to it at all, it uses your voice to, uh, yeah. So just like Alexa, it can, you know, analyze your voice and, and respond to commands. Um, the, these more advanced, uh, you know, attackers and such have the exact same technology, um, to where it actually can analyze what you're saying, um, have a canned response for, for one or two keywords or such. It just really depends on how, how much time and effort, you know, the attacker specifically put into their ruse. Um, and it's obviously making them money or else they would stop doing right. it. Right. They're very chuckly listeners. <laughs> they do a lot of chuckling. That's a big I clue I've never right encountered there. the chucklers. Uh, you know, there's a lot of... <laughs> I didn't know. Now, what about password management? Um, there are those companies that keep track of your password, but then haven't you given your password to a company? <laughs> That doesn't sound right. So, so great conversation on that one, Paula. I mean, if you look at, at you know, the password management companies, there was one that was actually breached in the past week or so. Oh, geez. Um, so that it really has that industry kind of going, hmm. Um, you know, the way I look at it is passwords are, are very important to, you know, be long and complex. And what I mean by that is have, you know, numbers, uppercase, lowercase, um, and special characters and such. And, so the problem is, is though, Paul, as soon as you get really long passwords that are complex, you start forgetting them, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and additionally, if one thing gets broken into, it's very common for attackers to turn around and use it somewhere else. So uh, you should have different passwords on everything. So yeah. that's kind of the the market that password managers, um, you know, fill mm -hmm. is that it'll randomly assign a password and fill it in for you. So that's really good. I mean, I, I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little older in age. And, you know, I'm not going to remember all these all these compact passwords. I mean, I think I looked at my password manager. I use them myself the other day and I have some two, three hundred passwords. In oh, that. my gosh. I can't remember. And, you know, my kids had to wear name tags when they were living with me. I can't remember stuff. It's all about, you know, in that password manager having one really long and complex password. And then, you know, as a common good hygiene. Um, we, what we call on two, two factor authentication, you go online, you have your username, you type in your password, and then, you know, you have your cell phone or, or something that, you know, you have to basically, you know, put in a, a text message, um, you know, that it sends you a code or something to type in, or you go and download that. Usually a lot of those password managers have, you know, third party applications you can download and, and sync up with their app. And it, you know, says, hey, did you log in? Yes, I did. And it let you on. Um, you know, I think a lot of people on this phone use Google or like Gmail and such. They have like push notifications where it says, you know, you just logged on to a computer that you never logged on to. Was this you? Um, and those types of things are, are very important uh, to automatically, you know, you are guarding the keys of your castle, right? All of your passwords. So you want to make sure that, like a password manager password is very, very strong. It has more than one level of authentication. Mm -hmm. It's like having a moat. Yeah. What should we be doing with our stuff to, to, to keep our computers and, and phones clean? Like, uh, what are best practices? Yeah. So, you know, good cyber hygiene, you know, it's simple Ooh, thing. Cyber hygiene. Yeah. Cyber hygiene. So, you know, good things like don't download and click on links and emails unless you know who it's from. And if you do have to go to those sites, go look it up yourself. Um, you know, only trust good content. Um, from those that are a trusted source, you know, when you're going online, you know, and looking at you get, you get warnings and all sorts of things, 
um, that are now being built into browsers. Actually, just think about those before you click OK. What kind of warnings? What do they say? So, you know, like so the latest one I, I think everybody's been seeing, you know, lately is kind of like the cookie blank thing that comes up and everybody's like, what okay, and what is a cookie? What is I a always cookie? say yes. And I never, ever, ever get a cookie. Yeah, honestly. So Adam and Paula, so when you go to Amazon and, you know, you save something or you put something in your, your checkout shopping cart or you look at something and then you close it out and then you go back like two weeks later, have you ever found it interesting on Amazon's like, you know, are you sure you don't want to buy this? Oh, right. Uh-huh. So what a cookie is, is basically it's, it's a thing that resides on your system that you actually download that has some website information in it specifically that tells the site about yourself. So when you can go back and visit, you know, preferences or ways that you want the, the site to be presented to you or data or, you know, certain things in a shopping cart, um, that type of thing is stored on a cookie. So, you know, recently GDPR, which is, which is the, uh, European Union's privacy uh, law, you know, the European Union has been pushing some heavy privacy laws lately, um, said that companies storing this type of information or requiring you to download a cookie to view their site is now an invasion of privacy to a degree. Oh, I love that. Will we do that? Uh, you know, so there are some of those legislations that different states have. Um, California has one called the CCPA. Um, New York does. There's about 32 other states. But as you know, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying states. I'm not saying country. Right. So mm-hmm. when it comes to privacy law and, and that type of thing, um, it's very, uh, you know, disparate right now. Um, you know, surprisingly, both sides of the aisle haven't spent time to get together and, and you know, solve the bigger problems. From, Shocking. You know, fishing to fishing to, you know, you know, they're, they're too busy chasing other problems versus what, you know. What you and I are seeing every day, right? But how many of those people actually, you know, use technology and don't have somebody else do it for them right now? Right. I was about to say, what do you think the percentage of Congress that does their own, you know, email or even Twitter or, you know, that does anything with their own computer? What do you think the the, the percentage is? I mean, the average age of Congress is what? late 70s now or something yeah um, no it's uh the average age now is uh a hundred and fuck i believe yeah i mean it's ancient right you know computers when jesus was walking time period so <laughs> right. you know be, because of that yeah most of them can't even probably turn on a computer um thank god they have their aides that you know are only you know in their 20s that that actually tell them how things you know god forbid when they retire if they ever retire i don't think i've ever seen a congressman retire or anything lately you know because they wouldn't be able to know how to actually use email by themselves um so they're not they're not riddled by these problems um and and obviously you know people that are paying their their doles like bezos you know he handles his own email so i'm sure he's fine oh he does and he responds immediately to mine it's good to know i contacted him the other day because um i i didn't have enough money for a strawberry at whole foods (laughs) And uh, he kicked in the other 15 bucks, which I thought That's was really, really nice. No, it's actually a beautiful store. But yeah, my neighbors and I one summer went in on one strawberry together. And uh, <laughs> I mean, it was delicious. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Hey, hey Joe, is it better practice, um, like some people say, to use operating systems that are a little less uh, common than others or browsers that are less common than others? Like is a, is a Unix or a Mac more secure than somebody who's running Windows. You know, people are always saying the fight, you know, are, are Macs more secure than Windows systems or, 
you know, Linux systems and, and such. And, you know, what it boils down to is, is where's the money at, Adam? So most systems and most data is transmitted on Windows desktops and systems, right? Right. Well, did you read that a couple of weeks ago, um, Chuck Grassley uh, from Iowa got in a bar fight over just this issue? <laughs> I, I, now, who, who won, Paula? I mean, that's a good question. I, I mean, you know. Oh, man. That- Chuck Chuck. Chuck went down swinging. I, I, I mean, he really, he's, it's something well, he's he feels technically so strongly about. fuck right now, right? <laughs> yeah, he is. So because all that, that data and everything, you know, like, you know, when you look at accounting systems and, and you look at, you know, HR systems, things that are worth money, right, to, to sell, um, you know, they, they tend to go through a Windows system. So a lot of adversaries and attackers spend a lot of time an effort specifically, you know, looking at and trying to break into and find vulnerabilities on Windows systems. But recently, we've seen a, a big uptick on, you know, more and more corporations, um, you know, that are doing business um, with Macs and such. And because of that, you're starting to see more vulnerabilities and more things, you know, prop up in, in that market. So the question is, is one more secure or is one just, you know, about more of the vulnerabilities? And I think the latter is the case is, they just happen to know that there's more vulnerabilities because more people are poking at it. Right. You know, either way, systems all all have their flaws. Um, they're all programmed by people. And, and last time I checked, you know, my business is booming. Um, and it's not because things are becoming more more secure, right? More money, more things are going online, right? Which is just forcing more people to adapt. And you know, how many banks have you seen robbed lately? Right? It's it's pretty low. But how many people have you heard about getting money taken from online? Um, you know, adversaries and, and those bad people are just migrating to a new ground. You know, then I might rub a bank because, uh, you know, they may have let their guard down. Oh, yeah, that's right. Now that not, they not might so be just many protecting the computers are. and not protecting just the vault. Exactly. I mean, I wouldn't do it violently. I would just, you know, <laughs> stroll in. Yeah. So does that mean you go pay your taxes or something with a big bag of cash like, you know, Scrooge McDuck or something? I mean... You know, you're going to be carrying around lots of cash at that point. So I love cash. I don't understand people turning their backs on cash. I love cash. How are you paying things during the pandemic then, Paula? Well, I don't buy many things. I mean, I don't pay bills with cash. And I use a credit card at the grocery store. And outside of that, I don't buy anything at all. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's why the adversaries have kind of really, and these attackers have, you know, hit their prime during COVID. Um, you know, ca- yeah, cash, I guess you're right, cash yeah. and carry is going away for, for the most part. Um, I'm now having to, hand, I mean, we've always seen and heard about how dirty cash is, right? You know, how many germs are on it? Um, you know, this is kind of spotlighted that and, and, you know, like you're seeing tap to pay. Have you guys seen that yet? Where you're not even having to insert a card um, anymore to most of your oh, things. Yeah. You can do oh, yeah. tap to pay. I, I do that all the time. And there's a whole bunch of issues with that, by the way, Adam, that, that are emerging. So With NFC stuff? What's that? So near field um, communication. You know, you've gone to like a hotel. And they handed you that card yeah. and, you know, you don't have to slide the card. You just have to, like, touch the card within, like, an inch or two of, of, of the fob, right? Um, those are all using yeah. different types of NFC-type communication, right? Oh. So, yeah. like, I have, you know, sitting next to my desk is I have a nice big NFC reader um, that I slide into my briefcase. And I can sit in basically a, uh, you know, an elevator with somebody and bump into them with my briefcase and it'll actually start grabbing those type of key cards and such um, using different types of, uh, of NFC and in, in near field. Oh my gosh. Can that happen to the NFC stuff on your phone? Because I love paying with, um, with Apple pay on my iPhone. Cause then I don't have to touch anything. 
So that type of communication is a lot more secure. However, it's a very, very new, new concept um, and a new technology that's only really been out for a few years and such. Um, so, you know, as soon as more of the market shifts that way, which it will, as I think COVID will will push the market specifically in that way, I think we'll start seeing more um, vulnerabilities and, and risks specifically with, with attacks with, with that technology. Well, I just want to say to the listeners that if anybody is concerned um, that your money is dirty because it's, you know, it's been touched by so many people, um, you can drop it off. Uh, at my house in Santa Monica, that's fine. Uh, I, I'd be happy to have it. Um, <laughs> and also, y- you know, uh, I'm not afraid of dirty money. Don't worry. Uh, and, and, you know, if if there was that tap card, NF, whatever you're saying, technology in the movie Oliver, it really would have changed the who will buy scene. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Apple Pay would have changed everything there. Well, who will buy (laughs) this wonderful feeling? Just tap it. Just tap it. I have never once. I have one of those tap cards. I have never once been able to make it work. Every single time. They're like, just no, just tap. No, just tap. No, turn it a little bit. No, just tap. I'm like, you know what? Can't, can't I just give it to you and you can do it? Well, Joe Newman, that was excellent. And now we're going to take everything that we just learned from you and we're going to run it through a super high-tech machine known as the old Poundstonator. Paula? House band Kathleen Strom, you sound fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. If I could get a little background music, I'll tell you what the old Poundstonator spit out. Joe Newman, thank you so much. This has been so informative. I realize now I have been handling my security poorly. My email password is someday my Nigerian prince will come (laughs) with one letter uppercase that I'm not going to tell you. I know now not to answer the phone if it's not someone I know. Just let it go to voicemail. That's going to be a hard habit to break, though, because I'm always hoping Barbara Streisand will call me, and I just don't think she would leave a message. Full disclosure, though, I've made bigger mistakes than that. I used to answer the phone saying, Hi, this is Paula Poundstone (laughs) at 574 Pearl Street in Santa Monica. My mother's maiden name is Folsom. She lives at 299 Willowbrush Road in Colby, Missouri. Her phone number is 794-822-9494. She doesn't see well out of her left eye. She's out on Tuesday nights, and she has an electronic fake dog barking box. (laughs) If you're calling about work, my manager is Bonnie Burns. She can be reached at 213-924-0561. Her social security number is 062-849765. And she has really expensive porch furniture in her backyard at 12 Rainbow Lane, Thousand Oaks, California. You can't miss it. It's the house with the crinkly noise. He's a cyber executive advisor for the threat vulnerability and management practice at Coal Fire, and he has been amazing. Thank you so much, Joe Newman. There's so much to talk about with you, Yay. and I hope you'll come back sometime. Joe, this has been Thanks, fantastic. Thanks, I feel so bad that while we distracted you, I hacked you. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fucks. Get ready for the miracle of Mega, a comedy podcast from the staff of a fictional mega church. And, and not only does he f- but he's the best at it. 
I'm Holly Loren. And I'm Greg Hess. Our characters, Hallie and Gray, welcome a new guest each week, played by some of the biggest names in comedy and podcasting. Like Scott Ackerman, Lauren Lapkus, Paul Shear, Jason Manzukis, Cecily Strong, and Duncan Trussell. I just love to think about that the light shining down on all those corpses in the water and Noah just going by and maybe maybe a mom being like, please, we're running out of energy. Can you please let us on the boat? It's completely improvised, and it's devilishly funny. Is there any question you have for us about, you know, what it means to live a life in Christ? I guess, how much do you think is bullshit? There's a new episode every Sunday. Listen and subscribe to Mega, wherever you get your podcasts. Best I ever had. Best I Y'all can do it. Y'all can do it. Y'all sing along. We you know what I'm saying? Here it goes. Jesus, you the best. Jesus, you're the best. You're the best. You the best. Jesus, you're Jesus, the best. You the be- okay, best never mind. Best I ever had. Best wow. I ever had. Hey, it's just me, Paula Poundstone. I want to tell you about a HeadGum podcast I think you're going to love. Fake the Nation with Nagin Farsad, which I've done a few times now. So much fun. You may know Nagin from her TED Talk, from NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, or her book, How to Make White People Laugh. On Fake the Nation, Nagin and a rotating cast of her funniest, smartest, and most politically astute friends, people like Samantha Bee, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Paula Poundstone, Larry Wilmore, (laughs) Margaret Cho, and more. Break down the news, make you laugh, think, and deliver a gut punch to humanity. Wait, do we really want to deliver a gut punch to humanity? I thought we wanted to uplift humanity, support, (laughs) uh, protect humanity, but apparently Nagin has gone over to the dark side. I'll tell you, I I have had so much fun doing this show. Nagin tells me that one time I role-played Naomi Osaka's publicist. I don't recall that at all, Uh, but... (laughs) I'm going to have to go back to that episode and listen to it because it sounds funny. Uh, Uprox calls Fake the Nation the perfect lighthearted fit for a newsy podcast queue that needs a little levity. Meaning the news needs a little levity, <laughs> not the podcast because it is very funny. Subscribe now so you don't miss another episode of Fake the Nation airing every Thursday. Find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or, and I hate this phrase, Wherever you listen to podcasts, like none of us would figure that out. A detective came and knocked on the door, and I said, is it Renee? And he just gave me that solemn look. It was the worst day ever. The Proof Podcast is back with a new case and a new season. 23 years ago, 18-year-old Renee Ramos went missing. Her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town. I don't think that they arrested the right people. It's about time somebody's trying to do something. She had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me damn near my whole life. You can listen now to season two of Proof, wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee? Fun fact, unlike most four-legged mammals, cats have five toes on their front paws, but only four on their back paws. So don't ask them to count past 18. And we're back, Paula. It's time for one of our most 
popular news segments. It's the Department of Fine Print. I love the Department of Fine Print. I do too, but I'm shocked that Bonnie Burns has not broken in with a uh, hastily composed theme song yet. Bonnie? No, I never I thought I'd ask this, but... Ad- I was I was waiting to be invited. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I shouldn't have said song. anything. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> oh no, go ahead and invite me, Bonnie. <laughs> now you're gonna make me do this, Bonnie. Would you favor us with the theme you. song? Okay. You better watch out. You could lose a leg. You could lose an eye, or you could even die. If you don't read the fine print, take it away. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was memorable. <laughs> that was fantastic. I thought it was pretty good. That's pretty I that's thought it was good, too. <laughs> Thank you, Senator Klobuchar, for being with us. Yeah, keep working on the robocall thing, by the way, because we, we want to be <laughs> yeah. done with the robocalls. We, we really um, need that to, to happen. All right. Well, um, I have a um, fine print thing. Well, okay. Well, uh, well uh, let me let's clarify for our listeners. Certainly. The Department of Fine Print is we just went and looked at um, you know various objects around our house and found the smallest, finest print. And and sometimes it was ridiculous. Sometimes it was funny. Uh, and sometimes it was informative. And that's why it's the Department of Fine Print. What have you found, Paula? Um, I bought a uh, Flonase knockoff. You know, a you know nasal spray, and. There's a section of it that says, stop and ask doctor if. And one of the things under that was, you get a constant whistling sound from your nose. What? (laughs) (laughs) What? Um. (laughs) I thought I snorted uh, one of the seven dwarves, uh, but it turns out... No, it turns out that uh, it was from the Flonase knockoff. Wow. Yeah, you can get a constant whistling sound. I would absolutely love to know what that is a a symptom of. It means you snorted grumpy. That's what it means. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, and then I read one on the on the there's like a hair stuff. Um, like a ointment of some sort that you rub into your hair after you dye your hair. And in the instructions, it says, leave on for two minutes, rinse, and then style hair as usual. Because if you choose <laughs> a different hairstyle at that point in the process than you usually wear, yeah. your hair will just fall out. <laughs> Or catch fire. Yeah, absolutely. You have to use the regular style or your hair will yeah, freak you out. Ha- you, people don't want to see you in a different hairstyle after you use this stuff in your hair. You leave it on for two minutes, rinse, and then return to the hairstyle you had before. It's so important. Did it then add, and no, then nobody gets hurt? Uh, yeah. And then it's, it said, uh, <laughs> during the two minutes, you might want to... Whistle with your nose. <laughs> That's something That's, you could do to entertain yeah, yourself during those two minutes. Uh, hey, Bonnie Burns. Yes, Adam. Up in the Simi Valley, what fine print have you discovered? Well, I saw a sticker for your gun safe that says, contains black powder. For your what? For your gun safe. 
It's a gun safe sticker. What's a gun safe sticker? No, what's a gun safe? It's a sticker for your gun safe. The safe where you put your guns. Do you have a gun Don't safe? Don't act like everyone knows what that is. <laughs> I'm just telling Bonnie, you. Bonnie, I'm, I'm going to call some bullshit here. No. I feel like you might have found something on the internet. or right. But you didn't find this on your gun safe, no. did you? I wouldn't have a gun safe. I, I did find it on the internet. It's for people with She just leaves her safe. gun out. Her gun's just sitting on her bedside table, or it's outside beside her expensive porch furniture. She's got a bucket on her porch that says, take a gun, leave a gun. <laughs> My friends have made fun of me for the not the butterfingers not turning out right and going, oh, you have to be very precise when you make candy. They have, one of them really has a big storage of guns to the point of where if the police come to her house, she has to go, okay, look, I'm just warning you that I have a big stash of guns and I put them out on the bed in my bedroom. And she Wait, puts them out so on the, the bed So the police come into bedroom? the house and she says, I'm going to, I'm going to go put my guns on the bed and then you guys can come in. Well, it's something like that. I don't know. But she has to put them on the bed. Yeah. That's how many she has. Why do you have to put them on the bed? I don't, what do I care? What, what is, do I care? I don't have guns. I don't want guns. I don't want to be around yeah. guns. But I've heard the yeah. story. She has a lot it's of a guns. It's a weird story. But okay. No, she's a very nice person. That's not the point. Oh, I'm sure. There's well, gun safes, like safes for keep your guns so that okay. they're safe and don't hurt Only people. Only the nicest people have 16 guns. Let's just yeah, say uh, it. Let's call it what it is. Can I just get to the fucking, what the stupid fucking sticker says for yes, your gun would safe? You? Okay. <laughs> Please. Here's what it says. I'm sure that I'm sure that Glock playing is helping not drive oh, yeah, you crazy, no, Bonnie. <laughs> absolutely. Okay. It says. <laughs> just the worst thing ever. She only likes the kind of Glock that her friend has. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Why? The sticker says contains black powder. Will you shut up? <laughs> yeah, Paula, that is the worst. Just stop. <laughs> the only thing that's missing right now is you starting to sing, here he comes again, so that I can't get it out of my head. Here you come again. Oh, God. Okay, here we go. Who Contains will buy black... <laughs> Bonnie's friend, 16 guns. Who will buy... Okay, go ahead. Adam. Okay. I, 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 my hands are tied, Bonnie. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Um, go ahead. What's on the gun safe sticker? Gun safe sticker. Could, I know she's going to do something. I just, just try, know try to Try to <laughs> stay calm and carry on. Contains black powder and other explosive materials. Cutting or torching will result in an explosion so far as causing serious injury or death. Oh, so if somebody was going to cut or, or burn their way into your guns, in your gun safe, yeah. it's a sticker that tells them it caused an explosion not. that would be so far it would cause serious injury or death. You know what I have on my money safe? I just have a sticker that says, I'll kick your ass. And that seems to be enough. I'm going to go on a limb and say that that warning sticker on the gun safe isn't for people um, who are trying to steal your guns. That's for people who are like, oh, no, I can't remember the combination to my gun safe. I think I'll take a, I'll take a torch and try to weld my way in. Wait a minute. What does this sticker say? Don't do that, dumbass. 
<laughs> yeah. You might want to tell your, your new best friend, 16-Gun Sally, that she needs to uh, tell her to write the combination on the back of her hand or she's going to get hurt. <laughs> okay. Here's the one I have, and I'm not going to read it a whole thing because it's just so long, but... um. I, I, I was looking at a package of light bulbs that I bought the other day, and they're these, you know, these fantastic new LED light bulbs that last forever. Right. Um, and don't use a lot of power. Well, there's this long thing that starts like this. This equipment generates, uses, and can radiate radio frequency energy, and if not installed and used in accordance to these instructions, may cause harmful interference to radio communications. It goes on to say that... If you're getting bad radio or television reception in your house, it could be your light bulb. Wow. So if you can't get your oldie station? Yeah. So I'm thinking that maybe that shouldn't be in tiny, tiny print. Because if my radio is all staticky, I never think like, well, are there any light bulbs nearby that might be interfering? Yeah, I wouldn't have thought of that. What kind of light bulb is that again? An LED light bulb. LED. Those last so long. I think they should be like the Stanley Cup, you know, where you write on them where they've been, you know, and who was the last owner. Yeah, that'd be great because they get passed down from generation to generation. Precisely. They fuck up radios and television uh, transmission <laughs> all over. I, I, all no, over you're right. World. I never would have thought of that. You'd think that smart uh, TVs are smart enough. I don't know about radios, but that smart TVs are smart enough that a thing would come up on the screen saying, you know, the light bulb's fucking me up. Yeah, yeah, your light bulb's fucking me up. Do, do something about that or I will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> do, do something about that. Or I'll take a torch to your gun safe. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll see who wins. Uh, 16 Gun Sally. Here's something fantastic is after we did the um, our first Department of Fine Print, a whole bunch of nobodies unsolicited wrote in our, uh, through email into our Facebook page and gave us their fine print that they'd found. So I thought maybe we could go through some of them right now. That's a yeah, great idea. It's so much fun to read. You can't help yourself you. reading the fine print now. Yeah. Okay, so nobody David W. found this fine print on his tuna. Ingredients, solid white tuna, water, salt. Contains tuna. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's not enough to say it once. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know I know, I was bought buying a, a can of tuna fish, but I didn't know it contained tuna. I'm suing. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah it's tuna, I hear you. tuna, tuna, tuna. Soon they're going to have an electric can that the whole time you're opening it, it keeps going. There's tuna in here. There's tuna in here. If you don't like tuna, don't open me. Yeah. Don't. I, yeah. I hope you like tuna because that's what you're getting. <laughs> tuna, 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 All right. tuna. So several nobodies wrote send in this one. We're going to credit, though, uh, Phil Kendreva. On the bottom of my coffee mug, it says, for best results, use other side. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say that's an intentional joke, though, right? No, it's a coffee mug made specifically for people sobering up after a long night. <laughs> Here's one I like from Mary O'Neill. Saw a sign at a meat counter. It read, we shave our ham daily. That is such a gross idea. Yeah. Of Harry Ham. <laughs> I know. I mean, I know what they're trying to say, but at the same time. Yeah. Oh. I think they could find a better way to say it. Uh, uh, nobody named Sunny Day says, you know, something is good when one of the ingredients is love. This was for hummus ingredients list made with love, chickpeas, sesame oil, etc. And among the etc. was hate and venom. They just didn't <laughs> say it. 
Isn't it yeah. Subaru who always says, you know, what's in love's part of a Subaru? It's love that makes a Subaru, something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's love that makes a Subaru a Subaru. I would want to pull into the Subaru uh, service and say, I think the love's broken. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, Brooke Ratliff um, wrote, on a pair of jeans, warning, this zipper may harm your penis. <laughs> wow. That is so frank. Yeah. I mean, my first piece of advice to anyone is wear underwear before you zip your pants. <laughs> this is it's yeah. just practical tip from me to you. But um, I, I, I guess some gene company got sued because somebody zipped their, wow. <laughs> zipped their privates. I yeah. Guess. I'll bet they wore um, only like, uh, you know, elastic banded pants after that. That was the end of that. Right. Um, I like this one from Leslie Popham. On a frozen pizza, it said, do not eat frozen pizza. All right. I was picking up some frozen pizza doughs one day. It's a long story as to why. But, okay, they were in a box from the manufacturer, big big box, in fact, several boxes of frozen pizza doughs. And on the side of the box, it says, do not eat uncooked pizza dough. So I said to the guys that were loading them into my car, I said, oh, look, it says do not eat uncooked pizza dough. And I was like sort of mocking it. And one of the guys said to me, oh, I did that once. <laughs> when he was a kid, he ate frozen pizza dough and Kool-Aid, by the way. And he ended up in the hospital. Apparently, it's a very important thing. Do not eat frozen pizza. I just don't know that anybody, I wouldn't realize that, you know, I think that that's what that sign was saying on Leslie Popham's pizza box. I, I think it was just limited command of um, English. The warning probably was supposed to read, do not eat pizza frozen. Ooh, I see what you're saying. Um, that yeah. would have been a better way to do it. Um, but but right. yeah, just to reinforce that point, apparently it can really mess with your gizzard. <laughs> what does Rafaela Woods say? Yeah, this is the last one. I, I, I do like this one. Although I, I'm, I'm kind of skeptical that this is really true, but Rafaela, I, I apologize for pre-doubting your veracity. Washing instructions for child shirt in this order. Wash inside out, cool wash, remove child. Oh, that's probably prevented some nasty accidents. <laughs> yeah. Because if you don't turn that shirt inside out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm worried about just somebody trying to turn a shirt inside out while it's still on the child. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I have to say, there's one here from Pam Palmquist Bingham. How rich are they? Pam Palmquist Bingham. Uh -huh. She says her faves are, are gluten-free on things like dish detergent. I totally agree. They always write gluten-free on shit that wasn't going to have gluten to begin with. Like, I, I have a gluten-free DVD. Now, there's no gluten in a DVD. You don't have a gluten-free DVD. I do. Go ahead. Just ask me. Do you have a gluten-free DVD? I do. Well, I stand corrected. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> that brings us to the end of our uh, Department of Fine Print. And uh, hey, nobodies, if you want to um, submit your fine print, you know, there's a place for that. You can do it on our Facebook page or send it to uh, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. All right, Bonnie, take us out. I was just going to say I could recap the song. That's a good idea. Go ahead. You could lose a leg. You. Oh, no, wait. I can't start that way. Okay, hold on. 
you better watch out. You could lose a leg. You could lose an eye or even die. No, wait. Okay, I had that wrong. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you better watch out. You could lose a leg. You could lose an eye or you could even die if you don't read the fine print. Yay! Yeah! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow. That was that was oh, that was unbelievable. Fun. Nobody's. If you have questions or comments, uh, or you just want to bitch about how we run our book club uh, like the rest of us do, send that to <laughs> nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. I don't want to hike. I don't want to belay anybody. I on the on the rock climbing club. I don't want to climb or belay anybody. And 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 on the backpacking club, I don't want to carry a backpack. And I don't want to hike. No, but they're horrible people, and he didn't have to go on that long. Look, ladies and gentlemen, we are not going back into the book club. <laughs> we left that back in our first segment, I'm and I sorry. part of me is going to be there forever. <laughs> it's the knitting club. At least we I don't, have the nerve to. Not I don't want to like use yarn. I don't want to make a sweater. I don't want to use a pattern. <laughs> Here's the here's the nobody listens to Paula Poundstone Wine Club. I'm sober. <laughs> when are we gonna get to the dessert? <laughs> for, Paula, for God's sakes, tell me what's going on in the Poundstone Product Empire this week. <laughs> Adam! Poundstone Industries, also known as Lipstick Nancy Incorporated, is blowing up like a balloon. <sighs> The audio version of my book, The Totally Unscientific Study of the Search for Human Happiness, which was among five nominees for Audio Book of the Year at the Audio Awards, is available at the store at paulapoundstone.com. I can also make custom video messages for listeners, friends, and loved ones at cameo.com slash paulap33. That's cameo.com slash paulap33. And I'll soon be launching my subsidiary company, Paula Poundstone is a Poophead, selling worm castings <laughs> for gardening. There's wow. more, of course, but Heidi. And decorum. Um, I want to remind everybody that uh, because Tony Anita Hall was missing this week, we did not announce the winner of our longest cat contest. But a winner is has been selected, and we will let you know who that winner is next week on the show. Okay, subscribe to this podcast. It's free. You'll get it every week at no charge. If there's a subject or topic you'd like to know about, we're at nobodylistenstopallapoundstone at gmail.com and that. Ladies and gentlemen, is our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Lefelber. Special thanks to our guest, Joe Newman! Yay! Yay! He was great. And thanks to house band Nobody, Kathleen Straub. Yay! Fantastic, fantastic Kathleen. Thank you. Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Intern is Carly Patrone, Starburns Yay! production by Land Romo and Sam Dunwald. Uh, transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Paula, you're not going to believe this. What? But uh, there's tuna all over my tuna fish. Oh, damn it. Did you read the label? 
I know. I didn't. Well, who reads the label? I just thought it was a can of tuna. I, I, yeah, and and then I, I opened it up, and it's just it's literally covered in tuna. You know what I'm just reading now on my dog's collar? What's that? Um, there's really tiny print that says "Do not put around neck of dog." Oh man. Yeah, that's just doesn't seem intuitive, does it? I know it's huh. a dog. It's totally counterintuitive. Yeah. Does your dog contain tuna? Um, smells like it. No. Smells like tuna. That should be on the collar too, then. Yeah. Warning. He also tuna. he has a he has a sign on his head that says "Do not pet." Jesus. Come on. He yeah. put that there. I'll tell you what. He didn't write that. <laughs> A podcast network. Hey, everybody. As longtime listeners know, when Helix Mattresses first started sponsoring our show, Bonnie Burns somehow got the drop on me and made off with the first mattress. But in the intervening years, I have gotten myself a Helix mattress. I've had it for almost a year now, and it has improved my sleep. It has improved my life. I could not be happier. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, which I have, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, which is a mattress designed just for big and tall sleepers, and they even have mattresses made just for kids. Now, if you're like me and you were a little nervous about trying it online, or like Paula, who was screaming in fear of buying a mattress online, don't be. The Helix Sleep Quiz takes into account your individual sleep preference to match you and your partner with the perfect mattress. I took the quiz and I ended up with a great mattress for a side sleeper, the Helix Midnight Lux. Take my word for it, everybody. The Helix Midnight Lux. Oh, don't want to take Adam's word for it. I don't blame you. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and... Two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula and use the code helixpartner20. This is their best offer yet and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Paula. Paula, I invited you over, but (laughs) you fell asleep. Helixsleep.com slash Paula. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code.